Well, hey, thank you so much for listening to the Forever Free Podcast. My name's Paul Smith from Athens, Georgia. Just want to remind you that we've been set free to set others free, and so have you. Actually, Paul writes all throughout Galatians 5 that our freedom is not just for us to hold to ourselves. Our freedom has been given so that we can give it away. So give it away today. Do that and watch what God does. We hope you enjoy today's conversation between Paul Smith, Adam Kirsch, and myself, Josh Stewart, where we talk about core values, the importance of having them, and how they apply to life practically. An ongoing conversation that we continually have together. And it's not just a conversation, it is wrapped in all of our conversations, is the core values that we adhere to within our family. Mm -hmm. And I would love to just start a conversation with both of you about this because not only did each of you help curate how we linguistically present these core values, but you each live by these core values as well as any men that I've ever known in my life. And I love watching us all get to grow up together in these because let's be honest, I look old, but I don't feel old on the inside. (laughs) And I I love watching you two men, your significant others, our wives, live by these core values. And honestly, so many people in our family do this so well. I want to talk about where they came from, why they're important, and what they have to do with freedom. So if we can, let's go back. Mm -hmm. Paul, I'm going to shoot this to you. Can you take us back even before we had core values, mission statement, vision statement, Mm -hmm. all of these things that we look to on not just a uh, monthly basis together, but a daily moment by moment basis to live our lives by these things. Will you kind of just take us back? Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. So the, the ministry began back in 2016 when we hosted our first event and I've always loved good business practices and um, when companies or ministries have clear mission statements, vision statements, et cetera. And so we began to form uh, these, these, I guess, loose mission and vision statements around our ministry being events focused. And so I remember our first mission statement um, was uh, that, that we exist to help students take a step toward Jesus, which is amazing, right? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful mission statement. Um, but that was then, and as God grew an events ministry really into a family, which had so many different aspects and arms, he also began to speak that, that the mission statement needed to reflect all the things that God was dropping into our family, that the vision statement needed to reflect everything that he was calling us to. And we came to a point where we said, oh, wow, we, like, we could be doing more damage by giving confusing language than you know than than uh being clear so we we just said all right it's it's time to get away with a group of people um and really nail down the mission statement the vision statement and a set of values that we were going to commit to live by not even just for a season but for the rest of our lives and i know that sounds heavy but we we believed that god would would have that for us and so and we knew that we needed clarity. Um, something that I've recently heard about clarity is that clarity is honoring. Um, and I thought that at some points 
that a lack of clarity was like giving everyone kind of the looseness that they needed to be a part of something. But when I heard that statement, um, it actually gave me so much more fervor toward being clear about who we are and what we do. Um, and that's why we decided to get away and nail this down. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And even while we were there, we had a pretty loose agenda, but not when it came to how specifically we were going to be using our time. That's right. And one of the things that I remember praying is, God, we're going to be here for how long? Not even 72 hours right. Yeah. or right at 72 hours. Yeah. Would you make it uh, the longest, most fruitful 72 hours of yeah. Yeah. my life? And let me just say. Oh, yeah. It worked. It worked. It worked. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. worked. Yeah. And in every space, starting around seven in the morning, ending mm -hmm. around eleven at night. Yeah. That's right. I mean, every night for three days. Maybe later. At, yeah. At the yeah. earliest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We felt the presence of God meeting us, mm -hmm. speaking to us. So we don't even believe, let me just say, that these values are um cultivated business values. These right. are God values yeah. that are found all throughout his word, yeah. Absolutely. which we believe the Bible is the written word of God. We believe God still yeah. speaks. Yeah, mm -hmm. of course. He's, he doesn't change, mm -hmm. so he doesn't need to stop being who he was then. Right, right. Yeah. So he's still speaking. We believe that these are from the heart of God, found in his word. And we met together, talked about them. Josh, can you tell me a little bit about you coming into this? Mm -hmm. Because at this point... I remember a funny moment, even not knowing that you played music. We had known each other for a year, and you began playing a guitar at some point. <laughs> I mean, jury's weekend. still out, do I? Beautifully, <laughs> by the way, better than any of us can play acoustic guitar. Yes, cue symphonic movement here. <laughs> Amen. And Amen. I hey, remember. There's a reason it's called the secret place. Yes, <laughs> it's made of secrets. <laughs> so even just not even knowing you then, close to as well as I feel like I know you now as yeah. a brother, yeah. but being strung together, mm -hmm. honestly, by the Holy Spirit, which is such a beautiful thing that we can talk about at any time. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about coming into that weekend for yourself, some of the things you were yeah. expecting and then some of the things you walked away with? Yeah. yeah. Paul's absolutely right. Um, you know, when you give a name to something like what we're talking about right now, core values, it does give clarity but it also sets up a, an Ebenezer, or let's use a, a less maybe biblical metaphorical name. It sets up a pillar for you mm -hmm. to go to in times if you don't have eyes and ears to see, which it's good. Josh. let me just go into this. So there's a beautiful um, picture in Mark eight where mm -hmm. there's, there's some context to the story. It's after Jesus feeds the 4,000 multiplies bread they had, uh, Jesus had just met up with the Pharisees and now Jesus is in the boat with the disciples. Mm -hmm. And they had, it's, it's actually a really humorous part of the Bible because there was just a, a miracle where bread was multiplied. There was baskets left over, seven baskets left over, but then the disciples forgot to bring bread into the boat. You know, so there, there's, it's humor. It's Come so on. funny. That's you know, what teenagers do. Oh, forget. That's, yeah, that's what 27 year olds do. Yeah, that's, that's what those 30 year olds. Yeah. You know, and it's just so funny because they, they get into the boat and Jesus had just encountered the Pharisees and, and the second part of the humor is they get into the boat and they're like, um, Oh my gosh, we only have one loaf of bread. And, and Jesus says, beware of the leaven of Herod. 
and they think that he's talking about bread, and then they, they fear even more about not having bread. <laughs> they, it just, they totally miss the fact that Jesus isn't talking about bread. He's talking about, he's talking about the, the, the metaphorical leaven of the political and the religious, yes. that getting into uh, the value system. So all this to say, so yeah. there's, there's a moment in the boat that's so key, I think, that gives me clarity for the importance and the weight of having core values, whether it's in um, a spiritual family, whether it's in your your quiet place with the Lord. I think building even personal core values, like I have this. Yes. Um, he says, um, I, I, I challenge, read through Mark 8, get to the context up to this point, but there's a moment where Jesus says to this, the disciples in the boat, and he says, do you not have eyes to see? Do you not have ears to hear? But then there's a third thing that he says. He says, do you not remember? Mm. So there's actually this very cool picture painted where in that moment, the disciples didn't have eyes to see what had just happened with the miracle. And they didn't have ears to hear what Jesus was really talking about leaven. But he gives them a beautiful setting when they don't have those two things. Now, this is so relatable for us. It's good, man. So when we feel like we don't have eyes to see, when we feel like we don't have ears to hear, even if we don't know what that is, there's a third option. There's a starting place. He says, do you not remember? Start remembering. And now Jesus knew that if they could start recalling what had happened, the history with God, the things that they had built together, it would reactivate eyes to see and ears to hear. Yeah, man. And so now what core values do is when you establish those clearly for a community, for yourself, for a family, and you, you give common language to this, it absolutely brings clarity. But it, it gives you principle to, to times where there's not eyes, when there's not ears, and that happens, even the people who are in close proximity in the same boat with Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. There, and that's okay. It's not a cop-out. There is a third option. It's do you re- not remember? And so these core values, what they do communally is, all right, we feel like we don't have clarity on something. What are our core values? Yes. What are the things that we know that are true about the Lord? Who is he? And really we could boil this down to, um, and you asked me coming in, I, I, I knew that the pulse was, man, if we could build a family, we could build a community around what God is doing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead of what he's not. Wow. Yes. Now core values give clarity to that <laughs> third option when there's not eyes and ears. Right. So now even in the middle of forgetfulness, there's an invitation to remember. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So, so the reality is that <clears throat> you're never in lack, never in lack. So yeah, I, I think the, that moment coming into that weekend was, um, a, a, good, a common Josh. pulse for all of us, where Incredible. where it was time for us to put things in the sand, uh, to find out that what we're putting it in is not the sand. There's rock, and when we don't have clarity at times, when we feel like we don't have the the, the most clear ears to hear, we have values to go back to to remember. That's right. But it, it is important to always know that the principle, the value. So we'll just call it the principle, is never intended to replace the prince. That, that, that principle is always meant to be the heading on the compass that points back to the person of Jesus. Yes. That's so beautiful. Something we talk about all the time in our family is unity in the spirit. Mm -hmm. And the moment where we began talking about core values specifically, I remember having 
an incredible moment of presence where the Holy Spirit had been unifying all of us. Men, women, yeah. younger, older, mm-hmm. had yeah. been speaking the same things to us mm-hmm. before we had gotten in the same room. The first space that I ever saw this in was in my time working at New Spring where there would be times where you'd go into meetings and everybody would have disagreements mm-hmm. yep. until you'd go into a meeting and you wouldn't have any disagreements because everyone had sought the voice and heart of God before they had walked in. Mm, wow. This is why you wow. mentioned the secret place a moment ago. This is why uh, the secret place is important, but also a quiet place, a quiet time for God to speak because when God speaks to separate people, he will not say something that opposes something he would say to something else, someone else. Exactly. And so he, the Holy spirit will not say something to Josh that Mm -hmm. is actually in opposition to something he would say to Paul or to me. Mm -hmm. So we come together this one night, begin talking about these things. And we realized very quickly that the Lord had been speaking to all of us about these things prior to us walking in the room. Absolutely. And so this is actually one of the quickest processes (laughs) that we had, (laughs) even when it came to how we wanted to say some of these things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so Paul, will you walk us through one? Will you tell us what our currently five? Yes. There are subcategorical values, of course. Oh, tons. And we still have a document that has yeah. so many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that are, I believe are true. Yeah, gosh, man. at least. But just like the building of a home, the yeah. foundation is the truest part. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't make anything above the foundation untrue. Mm-hmm. It's just the difference between true things and the truest things. Yeah. So these are the things that we go back to as foundations within spiritual family. Yeah, yeah. So, Paul, will you tell us the core values? Yeah, absolutely. And then will you kind of give us a lens of what we kind of saw as they came yeah. together? Yeah, absolutely. So I had this thought when Josh was speaking a second ago that if you're listening, no matter who you are, um, if you run a ministry, uh, if you pastor a church, if you own a business, having not only common language but a list of values written down, hung up on a wall, very clear, very, um, very common to you and your team, your ministry, your family, it can only take you into greater places as a ministry, as a company. It can only unite you even more. It allows you to rally around, as Josh referred to it, as a pillar. So if you don't have those, I would encourage you to do something so that you can have a list of core values that you're going to agree to live and abide by because it's changed our lives in more ways than I can count. Um, I remember the first night, it was a Wednesday night when we all got away together and we were sitting around a fire pit and we just began talking about the Lord and the things that have changed the lives of our families and the things that have woken us up over the past year or two. And and what flowed out was, gosh, it, it ended up being so many things, but it was all unified. And so a few of us you know, took out some pen and pad and started writing some things down. I think by the end of the night, we had almost 35 things written down and we framed them in this way. We, we framed them by saying that every day we all wake up with the opportunity to make a decision to, to the account of probably hundreds, if not thousands of decisions. Mm-hmm. And we said, we want to boil it down 
to the five most important decisions that we no, can not, make. Not water it down. Right. Or yeah. Boil it down. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not about watering anything down. But yeah, if we so boil good. it down, we have the vital ingredients at the bottom of the pan. And so that's, that's what we wow. feel like we received there. But that's good. We, we, um, we've framed it this way, that we're going to choose blank over blank every time we come up against either thing. Um, and every day we're faced with all of these things. So, um, we decided that we were going to make a choice to choose a over B and that's how we wrote our core values. And so core value number one is we choose freedom over fear, um, in everything that we do in life. And I'm just going to blaze through these. Um, and then we'll take a second to explain them. Core value number two is that we choose honor over envy. Um, which was just the way that we felt like this, that, that B part envy, that's the way that we all felt common unity that the enemy tries to steal our honor by causing us to envy others mm-hmm. and compare ourselves to others. So that's why we listed that as the B portion that we choose honor over envy. Massive revelation there, by the way. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Keep going. Huge revelation. Um, core value number three is our unity core value. We thought of about a hundred different ways to say this, <laughs> but then we actually adopted... Um, uh, Richard Rohr's way of saying it, which is oneness over sameness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the thought that we are to be one, not the same, and that there's so much value and diversity in unity than just being the same and coming together. So we could, I mean, talk for hours about that, but that's our unity core value. Core value number four is, um, is this value, this so key and so important that we choose abiding over striving. Yeah. Um, we can always try to white knuckle our way through life. We can always try to grab the bull by the horns and power our way through controlling our days, weeks, months, and years. But all it's going to leave us is tired, spent, burnout, and absolutely at the end of our rope. And we decided that day that we were not going to strive with everything in us. We were just going to let it go and let loose and choose to abide that he is the vine where the branches remain in him and we will actually bear much fruit. It's yes. automatic. And so abiding over striving. Then the final value on the list Come is on. this exclamation mark <laughs> that just puts such such an ending on the entire values that if we missed anything in the first four, it's <laughs> right. all found in the fifth. And that is God over everything. And yes. I really think yeah. even the reason we chose God um, because we talk a lot about the Father. We talk a lot about Jesus. We talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. We feel like all three were encompassed in the depth of that one word, why we chose God over everything. And if there's anything that was missed in the first four, it's found in the fifth, and we don't even have to question it. But those are the values that we came away with amongst the hundreds that we discussed. And God over everything coming from the moment when this lawyer comes up to Jesus and is trying to basically right. trap Jesus and says, can you tell me what the greatest commandment is? Mm-hmm. So this isn't the pinnacle of the importance of this commandment. This is the moment for us on the other side of Christ's death and resurrection mm-hmm. to say, Jesus's response was love the Lord, your God. That's right. With all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. Yeah. There is an actual pattern to this. Yeah. The very beginning yeah. is love God. The foundation for our entire life mm-hmm. is loving God. And I have a few people in my life who showed me what that looked like. Yeah. And all of the things 
that we've ever tried to build church on apart from that loving people creating great things and environments and community all these yeah, things okay. those are fruit of loving god which yeah. is the root so when we ever try to do those things when we ever try to abide without choosing god over everything yeah we wind up striving when mm -hmm. we ever try to honor without loving god over everything it ends up just being a compliment mm. Mm. wow yeah wow. it falls short it's a shallow version mm -hmm. of anything that we can choose when we choose God over everything. Yeah. I yeah. love that. I so love that. Yeah. a amazing. few things, yeah. we have seen this impact our family in a major way. Yeah. So we actually do practice these, these things, just spiritual disciplines mm -hmm. where we come together and we talk about these core values and we have moments of honoring Josh, you recently did something and we can talk about this later, but you created a space in which we honor. Mm -hmm. We create spaces in which we can choose freedom over fear. Yeah. Where we confess fear, which immediately takes its power, things like that. Yeah, yeah. And then we also push each other into the quiet place with God yeah. consistently. It's the most important thing that we do, yeah. that we establish a relationship with God. Josh, can you give me one story <laughs> of where one of these values have come in play in your life <clears throat> and some fruit that you've seen from first remembering, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then having ears to hear yeah, and eyes to see. Give me one story, and I want to hear one from Paul. It's <clears throat> good, man. Yeah. Honor is um, certainly a highlighted theme in our family in the past six months, maybe maybe even a year. Yes. Um, and, and by highlighted, I just mean, it, you know, communally, the Holy Spirit's been just taking us to deeper layers of how to honor one another yes. and honestly what honor is. And uh, you saying that it's just a compliment when it's when it's not an actual mutual exchange. And, and this th this is the beauty of uh, of what honor actually creates, not only when you give it to someone, but actually what it creates in you. And so here's what's special about honor. <clears throat> honor goes, I'm not just complimenting you on something that you're doing. Mm. I'm learning how to celebrate who Ooh. you are. And then there's a, kind of a beautiful subcategory that you could put in this. Honor celebrates who you are without stumbling over who you're not. Hmm. So now what it creates is if I can learn to see in you what God's doing, if I can develop eyes to see through, I mean, it can be anything, through promotion, through um, increased favor in your life, through... Um, something, I mean, you could almost fill in the blank, anything that we see progression in someone else or um, commonly things that we desire in someone else, even deeper than that, something we've been praying for breakthrough wise. And then we see someone else get that breakthrough before we got it. Mm -hmm. And then what starts happening is thought speculations, lofty things is we start assuming, oh, I bet they didn't pray as hard as we did for that, mm. but they got it before I did. Mm. And now it becomes envy. They have something that I want. Wow. You know, you can see the downward spiral. Yes, yeah. But now when we look at it with eyes of a king, if we wow. look at it from heaven to earth, we go, <laughs> Here, here's the beauty and honor. Honor is, it's learning to recognize that someone's increase is a gift from God. Yes. Right. And, and what he's looking to build in you is if you can develop eyes to see how God is working and giving and increasing in someone else's life, it creates the soil that's healthy 
now for that word to grow in your life. Hmm. So, so for instance, yes. here's just, here's a good example. And you asked for a story. Um, among, I, it's hard to categorize a number one, but I would say at least in the top five greatest fears of my life has been never having enough money. Mm. <clears throat> so confessing that to the Lord, he knows it, but there, there's a power in actually speaking yeah, it, you know, right. the confessions for you. Um, in confessing that a couple of years ago, even this isn't like 10 years ago, Josh, yeah. this is very recent. There's times now even still where I wake up in the morning and I'm like, okay, man, this worked last year, <laughs> but you know, like, you know, I don't know, you know, Shit. we know we we've all been there, you mm -hmm. know, but I, I look back on, on just a couple of years ago, this is where this transformation started happening for me. And I started going, all right, Lord, the problem is I just don't have enough money to do what I need to do. That's where it started. And it's not illegal. It's not a legitimate place to start. It's okay. It's just taking that first step. You know? right. Now, divine reasoning starts coming in. When we talk to the Holy Spirit, he loves talking back. You know, he's called the word of God. It's very, <laughs> pretty incongruent his nature to not yes. talk. You know? <laughs> he, he's speaking. We're just learning that sometimes he's speaking in FM and we're trying to tune on AM. So we're learning how to receive. We're learning how to connect in that. Mm. Um, God, in his brilliance of a good dad, sees my request and he hears it. Now, here's where we start getting stumbled up, is I pray for, for more money, but I don't get it in six months. So the, the unrenewed mind goes, God didn't answer my prayer. But now if I look at my request from the perspective of a good dad, he sees that what I actually need is not more money. What in that season of my life I needed was to learn how to support and steward what I had already been given. Because he knows if the Holy Spirit's going, oh, don't give him a million dollars, it's going to crush him. Now, good dads look, remember, he's a good father. So when I request something from him, he, we talked about this in, a, in another episode. We, we talked about how there's a setting and a diamond. Mm -hmm. And so that, that whole season... And money's just such a good example to use where I prayed, oh God, I mean, I just feel like I'm in such lack. I need more. Really what the good dad was doing was creating a setting for the blessing to rest on. And now I look back and say, even, even if money would have been a good option, then it wasn't the best option. Right now he's a King. He wants the best option. A problem comes into his courts and he wants to give divine solutions to it. And he wants us to think wow. like that as well. That's huge. And so what he knows is the answer for that season, it could have been money. It could have been checks in the mail, and that's okay. But the one that creates the setting for the diamond to sit in is the one that Josh learns how to steward. And he learns how to receive blessing when it comes. And so now I look back on that season and I go, oh man, I, I didn't actually need more money. I needed to learn how to steward what I already had. And so to, to circle this back around to the story and, and how that relates to really honor, when I started, here's what'll happen, okay? <laughs> you start asking God for things. I'm serious, like this, this mm -hmm. is how the Lord will do it. So if you've, never, if you've never seen him work this way, this is how it will work. You start asking the Lord for things, right? And let's just use this money because this is exactly how it worked for me. Started asking, Lord, I need an increase of income. In the following five months, let's say, maybe four, 
following four or five months after me asking the Lord for that the first time, I met more millionaires in those five months than I had wow. met in all my previous years combined. That's right. Wow. Ever. And we said this in another episode, that relational wealth is a more important category of wealth than financial wealth. Beautiful. Beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So and just so, a reminder, yeah. he put you in Beautiful. relationship. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And so he sends, he sends these people into my life. And so what's he doing? So I go, now envy, if we're, if we're talking about the core value, the envy goes, I just asked the Lord for this. And I've been praying for this thing. And he sends five people into my life so who God have exactly a, what I want. It's a choice in front of you. Absolutely. Now, what he's building is the setting. What he's building is saying, I'm sending into your life what you asked for. Now, what he's requiring, what he wants to draw me into is he's bringing those people in my, in my life, not to show me just what I, I want mm -hmm. and not to just tease me. Yeah, come on. What he's doing is he's sending people into my life who have what I desire. And when I can draw close to them and learn how to honor what they have, when I can take a millionaire who's sitting in front of me who I had no business meeting, it was totally random. You know, we could go on for an hour about how these people just randomly showed up in life, mm -hmm. sat down with them, started talking, and it started clicking after a few months. Like, man, if I can learn how to celebrate what God's given you, it creates the soil that which the blessing, which is always the seed, the word that's can right. grow in. And so that's just a demonstration just recently in life, how honoring, honoring what God sends you in, in remember, he always hides his word for you, not from you. That's right. right. So it's hidden in people. It's hidden in circumstance. And what he's wanting to do is de to develop eyes to see and ears to yeah. hear. Yes. And, and that, that soil in the heart for the good seed to grow. And in that same breath, if we would have chosen envy or comparison, mm. it would have been like walking up to a treasure chest behind a bedsheet. Yep, yep. Mm. And then turning around and walking the other direction. Yeah, yeah. Paul, wow. In your life, I've Amazing. seen you choose that a lot. Mm. Yeah, you have. But I'm not going to ask you to speak to that core value. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you have another one in mind mm -hmm. of a specific story. I would love to hear when one of these have pushed up against you and given you a choice. Yeah. What you chose, how it affected you, and how you remembered. <laughs> wow. Well, when you, I've been planning on sharing another story up until this very second. Uh, I was planning on sharing of oneness over sameness because God's done countless things in my life in that category. Mm. I think that's maybe for another day um, because it's, <laughs> man, that's, this story has rocked my life. Um, I think what's needed right now is uh, the choice of freedom over fear. Um, and in the way of, Adam, you say this on another episode as well, I believe, but when, when you're walking toward freedom, fear is always going to be in the way. They face the same yeah. direction. So to, to get into freedom, you have to first walk through fear. Mm -hmm. It's just the way that it is. Um, and so... Into freedom, out of freedom, might I say. Absolutely. It's worth saying. Because yeah. when the Israelites are coming out of Egypt, they walk up to the Red Sea. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. So they're free mm -hmm. before the Red Sea. That's right. <laughs> yeah. 
So freedom was in front of them. Freedom was also behind them. That's right. That's That's where we are. You are not slaves trying to get free. You are free people trying to see freedom in front of you, even though fear is blocking. Yeah, wow. Freedom seems to be a value that continually encourages my wife and I, our family, to just open up our hands. Yeah. Um, Because fear is the notion that we have to clench tightly to anything in order to control it the most we possibly can so that we can control the outcome. A really amazing guy we met a few weekends ago uh, released us from that by saying, hey, you're actually not on the results committee, so you can open up your hands. <laughs> um, yeah, his wow. name's Russ Lee, and he's been a hero of a lot of ours for a long time, but wow. he just said, let me just release this from you. You're not on the results committee, which reinforces our first core value, freedom over fear. And so um, the, the quick story on this that we'll expound on at a later date is that Uh, the Lord has spoken several things clearly into the life of Lauren and I, um, in which Lauren usually hears just a little bit clearer and has just a little bit bigger faith (laughs) and leads our family into these, into these new areas. Um, and more recently within the past couple of years, um, I, I have this vision from God where God tells me that we're going to be buying land in Athens within one year. And wow. uh, at 29 years old, I knew what our bank accounts looked like, or mm-hmm. better yet, what they didn't look like. And I knew what land cost and tons of fear entered in, like in that moment, because if this was going to happen, it, it was going to have to be God because we could not, we could not do it ourselves. Um, and countless moments throughout the process of running down that vision chasing this dream fear said you better turn around and run you right. better you better hightail it because if you walk over this line then you're done for financially mm-hmm. your reputation is done for if you cross this line if you leave right. the town that you know where you have influence within mm-hmm. your home church within your community if you leave all those things then you may as well kiss your influence goodbye and right. as an enneagram 8 Man, influence is like at the top, right? I desire that God would use my life to influence and impact many. And so the enemy knows how and where to attack us when he wants to draw fear into our lives. Um, And so everything from having uh, not even close to enough money for for this dream um, to possibly ruining our reputation, to having no influence, um, to even the thought that doing this and moving to a new city could begin to wreck the inner linings of our family because it would mean that not only are our kids in a new school, my wife would be um, miles and miles away from uh, the the business that she had started and been running for the past eight years. And I, I can't even tell you, we lost jobs and opportunities in the process, but freedom continued to whisper, keep stepping. Yeah. Keep stepping forward because at the end of the day, our reputation was never on the line. Um, Even our financial stability was never and still is never on the line because if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he's provided for us miraculously since before we were married, first year of marriage, I'm talking miracles. Um, And here we found ourselves almost seven years in going, God, would you do it again? And what we noticed is that when God told us uh, on July 25th, 2017, that we would buy land in Athens within one year, 
uh, we were under contract on the land by July 19th, 2018, 360 days later. And he began to fill in every hole. He began to kick down every wall of fear that we were running up against, but it required us to step. Um, and I'll kind of close down with this. Um, you started to speak about the Israelites. Adam saw finish with a story about them. Um, when they passed through the Red Sea, it was because there were walls of water on both sides and dry ground before them. They walked into the desert out of captivity, mm -hmm. swirled and circled for 40 years and mm -hmm. had manna fall from heaven, provision at every moment of need. Yeah. But then they encountered the Jordan River led by Joshua and somehow this was water that would not part unless he stepped. Correct, yeah. And with every step, the Jordan parted. Yeah. Step after step after, let me say it again, simple obedience steps mm -hmm. caused the water to part on both sides, which led them out of a, a place of a desert into a place of promise and yeah. into the place yeah. of freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And so what they could have been crippled, paralyzed, and captivated by in the fear of getting even comfortable with this thing called daily bread, which was never meant to be ours for the long haul. It was meant to be used, utilized, and thanked God for. They could have said, you know what? We want to live the next thousand years like this. Or they could have said, no, we're actually going to step into what God's promised us and called us to. Wow. And so much like Joshua walking through that Jordan River, um, we felt as we approached the finish line, which was February 22nd, 2019, where we signed our names on the dotted line for the most money and commitment we've ever signed. But we knew God had already done it all. Yeah, yeah. And we had nothing to fear in the process. Beautiful. And he's only calling us to higher commitments, crazier dreams, crazier things. What we thought even at that moment was going to be the highest like the highest wall of fear we'd ever stare down now seems minuscule in size to some of the things he's putting in our lives wow. only months later. Wow. And, and so the choice to choose freedom over fear always bears more fruit into the future and in season and out of season. Isn't that good wow. to That's like amazing. plant yourself by yes. the shore and you will have fruit mm -hmm. for in season and out of season. And that's just wow. what we're experiencing, wow. choosing wow. freedom over fear. Wow. Amazing. Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> so into us yes God the way of heaven mm. doesn't matter what we name it doesn't matter how eloquently or poetically we write it down so into us the way of heaven yes. and teach us to abide in the way of Jesus teach us to trust you mm -hmm. Father thank you for calling us children of the King Brothers and friends of Jesus, sisters and friends yes, of Jesus, to be ministered to by your Holy Spirit. Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for us. Yes. But thank you for not staying in the grave. Wow. Thank you that your res resurrection has put a fire of life inside of us forever. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then if we need life right now, that if any of us need real life, I pray that you would teach us to come back to your spirit in your presence. And if we don't know where to start, start with just saying thank you. Thank you, God. Yeah. We know that Thanksgiving used to be the first step of entering your presence. I think now it's a step in making us aware that you are near, yeah. that we have been given everything we need for life and godliness. Wow. Teach mm -hmm. us to choose freedom over fear. Mm -hmm. Teach us God to choose honor over envy. Mm -hmm. 
thank you. Teach us to choose abiding over striving. Mm -hmm. Yes, Lord. Teach us to choose unity and oneness over sameness. Yes, God. That is what you are. You are united, God. You are not divided amongst yourself. Therefore, you are not divided in us. Would you tear down the walls of denomination? Yes. Wow. And help us to not separate on menial things. Yes, God. But to come together on foundational things. Would you bring your body and your church together? Mm. We are stronger together and we need to be strong enough to hold the weight of revival and life in the spirit. Would you teach us to choose the way of God over everything? Yes. Yes. That your presence is the prize and the point of our life and our existence. We were made to be with you and you haven't changed your mind. Always. Teach us not to change ours. You're the point. Mm. We love you. We pray in the name of Jesus, believing that you can do all these things and you already have and you are just forming us into who you already see us to be. Mm -hmm. Amen. Hey, thank you for listening today to the Forever Free Podcast. My name is Adam Kirsch, and I want to remind you that we have been set free to set others free. I pray that you would jump into freedom today over fear, over anything that keeps us away from the presence of God. Jump in headfirst. We love you guys.